ST 2016. This is interviews, music reviews, and more. This is this is the Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We're Rolling Audio here today in episode 319 of The Harder Show. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button. On today's episode of the podcast, I've got an absolutely kick-ass episode for you here today. As I try to every single week right here on The Harder Show, I'm sitting down with my new buddy, Christian Dato, from One in the Chamber. He's the bass player and one of the songwriters for the band. And we have an absolutely kick-ass chat we talk about his influences what got him into music a little bit about the band a little bit about kind of the early days of his music career and really just overall musical journeys and it it was so fun to get the chat with him man because you know he's been in the music scene in ontario basically overall for the last like over 10 years so it was really fun getting to kind of hear some of his stories and of course learn about one in the chamber and what just a badass band they are man so dick guys are definitely going to enjoy this conversation before i jump in i gotta give a humongous shout out to everybody who supported last week's episode of the show i did my best of 2021 hard show music showcase huge shout out to all the bands on that if you missed it go back and check it out there were eight badass songs and eight badass bands for you to enjoy so go check it out give those bands a follow they deserve your support and i thank you so very much for all of your support. We are rounding up on my sixth year anniversary here on the show on February 4th. So I'm excited for that. I'm going to do something. I don't know what it is yet. Might do uh, might try and do a live cast or something. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But in the meantime, we got a badass interview with Christian from one in the chamber. Let's get into it. All right, guys, I'm joined on the show right now by Christian Dotto the bassist and songwriter of One in the Chamber. Christian, what's up, brother? How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, it's a pleasure. This has been, like we were saying before we started, this has been a bit of a long time coming, man. I've been a fan of what you guys have been doing now for the last, like, a year and a bit. Thanks to, uh, I'm just going to shout her out now. Thanks to Kaylin, because she was <laughs> the one who stayed after me. said, you got to check out One in the Chamber. And, man... Your guys' brand new song, um, well, I guess technically, it it feels like a brand new song to me just because of how this last year was, right? But I guess technically it was actually uh, 2020 where you guys dropped to the gallows. But I heard that song. I cranked it up. I put it on repeat like 100 times. And I was like, yo, I got to get these guys on the show. So it's it's a pleasure to finally connect with you, man. Oh, likewise, man. And thank you for the compliment. Uh, once again, you know, I, when I was, I listened to you as we talked before, I listened to you and, uh, Kaylin also talk about it, uh, on your show and, uh, man, like at, at any time that you guys talked about one in the chamber, I was just like, Oh, you guys, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you guys stop it. But, um, it's, it's like immensely flattering and, uh, yeah, man, like to the gallows is, uh, it's probably one of our most unique songs and so unique that we actually almost didn't bring it into the studio to record. Really? When we record. Yeah. We recorded uh, the song. I believe it was the end of 2019 or beginning of 2020. It's when we were recorded like, you know, the last batch of songs. And when we were deciding on which songs to put on the, put for the, uh, the new record, that's eventually going to be coming out. Um, 
uh, yeah, we, you know, blow was, was definitely like one of our top ones. We're like blow this, 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 and maybe to the gallows, maybe, you know, like, and we eventually brought it to, uh, to our producer, Murray Daigle at, um, phase one studios. And, uh, yeah, I think he also thought it was weird, but (laughs) he's got a thing for like bringing out the best in songs Mm -hmm. and, he just like brought it to life, you know, and turned out to be like one of my favorite songs, I would say, from our band. Well, that's it. And I mean, taking nothing away from your guys' other work and blowing, I might be like, don't get me wrong, it's all badass. But like for me, that's more like, I guess, the straight up kind of dirty rock and roll, right? And I dig that stuff. But for me, it was like when I heard To the Gallows, I was just like, okay, this is a, it's showing off kind of almost like another, dy- a little bit more of a dynamics of, of yes, we can do straight up rock and roll, but also we can kind of go a little, uh, I don't even know what the, the word I'm looking for is like, kind of like groovy, like kind of, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's just, it's, it's like a cool grittier. Song. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm a metalhead personally. So like anything that's like doomy and heavy doomy, that's the word I was looking for was doomy. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Oh, it certainly is doomy. I would say um, there's a lot of influences. Actually, we also we recently got a, a comment on on the video on YouTube, um, which I mainly uh, take care of um, of our social media platforms. I take care of the YouTube uh, platform mostly, um, but we we got a comment on it, and the comment was basically pointing out how unique the vocals and music were, and it was like. Like as as you you put it earlier, uh, how it's sort of a mix of like old school and modern sounds, and and I think that's something we try to strive for is not repeating past you know past bands' music and stuff as as influential as they are. You know, we're we're not trying to do the same thing as other bands. We're trying to carve our own path and you know make make music that we love. And hopefully other people will love too. And I have a philosophy that if you love what you're playing, then you'll attract the right people and the right listeners to your music. So um, that's sort of what we do. We just write whatever makes us happy and whatever we're vibing with. And yeah, seems to be working out pretty well so far. So <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say, and I mean, that's, what's so cool is, you know, you guys are, are definitely a part of this, this kind of classic rock revival that's happened the last few years with, uh, there's certain bands that have really stepped up and not obviously, um, Greta, like bands like Greta Van Fleet, who like when they first came out, I mean, I've talked my fair Sarah shit about Greta Van Fleet in the past, <laughs> but you know, it's like, I didn't really get it where I was like, okay. I've heard this before to a T like I've heard this before, but then they dropped. Um, I, I think it was last year. They dropped a single and I went, okay, this is, you know, so like you guys are almost like the other side of that where it's like, Hey, there's a little, a little Zeppelin, a little uh, Sabbath, maybe a little Motley crew, maybe a little oh, yeah. of other bands in there that I hear like, but then it's also like it's it's wrapped up in this nice little modern package, you know. It, it doesn't sound like you guys are trying to be other bands, but oh, that sounds like kind of. It, it's almost like it, it sounds familiar, 
but not like, oh, I've heard this before. It, it's it's kind of a, it's a cool feeling when you get that. And you guys definitely yep. have that to it, me for sure. Yes. And I, I think I think that's sort of the the route that rock and roll needs to be taking nowadays. Because mm-hmm. at this point, like everything's kind of already been done, you know, like Led Zeppelin's been a thing. Black Sabbath's been a thing. Metallica's been a thing. Nirvana's been a thing, you know, through the decades, like so rock music has evolved so much and I'm sure like it can evolve further, but you know, nowadays you just got to like take what's been done and sort of, like you said, wrap it up in this modern (laughs) kind of thing. And, you know, hopefully that evolves into something, uh, something new and something innovative, you know? And I mean, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, I think where rock needs to go. Because if we stay sort of writing stuff that's already been written, then, you know, I don't think uh, like it's never going to grow as a as a genre. And I think I think what hip hop is doing really well nowadays is it's evolving, you know, like it's rock's been rock's been a thing for a lot longer than hip hop and rap have. So now rap is sort of like now it's rap and hip hop's time to evolve and it's it's popular and it's always changing, you know, rap 20 years ago sounds nothing like rap now, (laughs) you know, and it probably won't sound the same in in another 10 years, but that's kind of where like how music genres survive is you have to evolve and you have to adapt and as, as comfortable and cool as it is to like try to sound like other bands, you got to sort of like do your own thing and, and just see where the music takes you. Right. And that's, you know, and that's such a cool thing too. When, when we look at bands like a Greta Van Fleet, who, I mean, I mean, like I, like I already said, I made no qualms about the fact that I was like, Oh, highway song. Yeah. I liked it a lot better. The first time I heard it, it's an old Gene <laughs> Simmons line, you know, I liked it a lot better. The first time I heard it when it was yeah. Beth by kid, like, you know, I was like, Oh, I liked it better when it was immigrant song or whatever the hell. Like, that was always the joke I made. But then, you know, like I said, then they dropped that, one single I heard and I went, okay, there's evolution here. This is what needs to happen. And then you've got bands like yourselves and the other multitude of, of bands really in Ontario, in my opinion, bands like the jailbird revive the Rose and draws off alibi and tons other to even mention here, but just to mention a few who you guys have that, that vibe, but it's, you know, it's ever evolving. It's not like just, Hey, we really like Led Zeppelin. So let's let's just try and emulate Led Zeppelin. But I think that's what happens too when you get a lot of different people in, in the bands that have different influences. Like you mentioned how you're a metalhead. Like, and you can definitely hear that in your playing. Like to me, your bass playing is very, it really stands out because it's it's you're not like a typical it doesn't shock me that you're a metal player, is what I'm trying to say. Like there's definitely <laughs> a little more of a a little more movement happening. And I dig that because I'm a metal guy. So oh, amazing. <laughs> that's, that's what I like. <laughs> we just become best friends. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, so, so, so tell me, let's, let's go back for a minute here because talking about influences and things like that, who got you started on your musical journey? What was the band that you heard and you made you want to go, I want to do this. I want to pick up the bass. How, how did all that start? Okay. So I love this question. Um, so I grew up, uh, my brother and I, Grew up on Metallica um, and rock music in general, but our dad introduced us to Metallica and um, mom, my mom's favorite band growing up was Kiss. Um, 
and just all of those cool 80s bands, uh, Van Halen, you know, Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, the list goes on. But man, Metallica, yeah, like, you know, almost every car ride, we'd have Metallica's Black Album playing. Nice. Here I was born, so... It was like the the new thing back then. And yeah, like that's pretty much where it started. Since then, just loved metal, loved, loved Metallica, you know, overall. They're, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, if it's if it wasn't obvious up until now, they're my favorite band like ever. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I uh, when I was about, I would say like 10 or 11, uh, I wanted to I watched Met- one of Metallica's live um live albums that they released it was a uh, live shit binge and purge hell yeah uh yeah it came out in like 93 or something and um my dad got the box set as like a gift from a cousin and so vhs box set who remembers those <laughs> i do <laughs> <laughs> i was there bro god rolled <laughs> i was gonna say i was born the same year you were so yeah we're we're in the same boat <laughs> right on right on um yeah so you know vhs box said it watched uh watched the live show and that was probably the show that inspired me to want to play you know and like like man metallica put on a fantastic show that show they always do but you know that particular show they just were phenomenal you know and they were playing in this arena and the stage was like at the center of the arena so it wasn't your conventional stage it was like they could run around it and the crowd was surrounding it and stuff Mm -hmm. and just so cool and so different and their stage presence was like out of this world so i wanted to be like them you know i wanted to play guitar like kirk hammett i wanted to play drums like lars ulrich and you know and eventually bass but guitar (laughs) Ironically, guitar or bass was actually my the uh, last instrument I learned. The most okay. recent one. started off with guitar because um, guitar is super cool. Like everybody wants to be a guitar player. Of course, yeah. Um, and then uh, in high school, I learned. Uh, I got into drums. Uh, took music throughout high school and was a drummer throughout high school. So that that's where that started. And uh, also in high school, I very uh, casually picked up the bass guitar. Um, but it was a very casual player. I was mostly playing guitar and drums. Um, but that's kind of where it started. So those are my three main instruments. I can play drums, guitar, and bass. Obviously bass. <laughs> I was going to say, I would hope so. Uh, that's I not actually I, me playing, bro. It's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, all, it's all fake. <laughs> am I doing it right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, rock that root <laughs> note, brother. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so that's kind of where it started. Gotta gotta thank my parents for getting, you know, my brother and I into into rock music at an early age and it just sort of blossomed from there. I've been in multiple bands before, before one in the chamber. I was a bass player in a band, I was a drummer actually in the band before one in the chamber. And then in one of the chamber, you know, they needed a bass player at the time. So I decided to hone in on my love for bass and and here we are. Nice. So, so I have to ask, uh, uh, speaking of Metallica and that, because I'm really curious because you are a bass player and it is always an interesting conversation whenever you bring up bass players and Metallica, because a lot of Metallica fans, if you ask them, there's only one bass player for Metallica, <laughs> right? They, they don't want to hear any other conversation. Who is that bass player to you? Who is the bass player for Metallica? Oh, man. I think... I think all three of Metallica's bass players have brought something different to the band. 
Agreed. My favorite has always been Cliff Burton. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. Rest in peace, Cliff. Uh, you know what, man? Like he's actually what inspired me to really like harness the bass, you know, and like he his tone was like out of this world. And he used to he used to really play the bass like a guitar, which mm-hmm. was like like never before seen at the time. And probably resonated with you too, right? Because it's like being a guitar player learning bass, that's a tricky, those are tricky waters to navigate, right? For sure, for sure. And he really like, you know, changed the the game for bass players, I think. So I would say to answer your question, Cliff is my favorite. I think Rob Trujillo, I think he's done a great job with the band. Agreed, yeah. I don't think they give him the time of day most of the time because he is a fantastic bass player. And I think like he just needs to be turned up in the mix. Well, actually, their most recent album mix was fantastic for bass. Yes. But man, he's doing so many cool things. And Rob just needs to be heard. And if Rob Trujillo is listening to this podcast, you know, I'm I'm with you, man. <laughs> well, listen, Rob's a big fan, and I I, I actually I, no, <laughs> but, but that that's funny because so the first time I heard Rob Trujillo was on actually I'm a huge Allison Chains fan, and he played on Jerry Cantrell's solo record Degradation Trip, and so that's where I right before he joined Metallica it was like 2002, so it was right before he joined Metallica, but I saw a video of this guy like slunking around like i'm like who is this guy and like i so i looked him up and it was like oh he's joined metallica and i was like it was like the day he joined metallica i discovered him and i was like oh what the hell like who is this cat so but to me there's only one bass player from metallica and that is that is the general uh mr newstead that's it for me i don't know why actually i can tell you why because the okay. first time i ever heard my friend the misery it like changed the way i approached music I don't know why, just that, just his bass. There's a, you probably are familiar with it. I'm sure there's a, was it? No, it wasn't on Binge and Purge. It was on Cunning Stunts, I think it was called. It was 2000 and no, it was like the late nineties. They did this live. It was the same principle where they were playing in the round. And there's this video of Jason Newstead, short hair, Jason Newstead doing a bass solo where he plays My Friend of Misery in its entirety, the way he originally wrote it. And then Kurt comes in and does like the little wah-wah, you know, guitar mm-hmm. parts. And they play like, they play a bunch of different songs, just the bass and guitar. And it was so cool. And I was like, yo, this dude is like, holy, like, holy shit. This guy's an amazing bass player. And then you look at the history of Jason, you said in Metallica and it's like, oh, they hated his guts and didn't let him really do anything. Oh, okay. Like, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I think for me, that's why, because I, I, I love his playing and his singing so much. That when he dropped the Newstead record, I just about fainted. <laughs> but right. so it's, it's funny, like being Metallica fans, it's like you could have a whole conversation just on who who's the favorite bass player. Because like there's you got so much talent in that band, man. But, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of obviously of Cliff, too. I mean, come on. Like, how can you you not be? Um, and then, yeah, I robbed her here as well. So that's funny, though, to hear. I would have I would have guessed you were a just based off. The fact that the Black Album and Binge and Purge was your intro, I would have assumed you were a Jason Newstead guy. So that's interesting to hear that you're. Yeah, I. Uh, you know what, man? Like, I love, I love Jason Newstead as well. I honestly think, and I think this is, you know, this is not an arguable thing. I think this is like a fact that Jason Newstead is was the most metal bass player Metallica ever had. 
And I don't think Metallica has ever been as metal as they were with him in the band. Like they were just, he just brought this attitude and obviously like if you, if you listen to his stuff on and justice for all, like there's some crazy bass stuff going on there. Like he is such a great bass player and you know, like he definitely deserves the time of day. I think, um, yeah, I think he's, he's great. You know, they were all great in their own, their own respect, you know? So, uh, definitely take influence from, uh, Jason Newsted as well. Um, especially his, his attitude. So, uh, mm-hmm. well, and that's it too, right? Like just the way that Jason carries himself. I mean, there's a reason they call him the general, right? Like the way yep. that he carried himself and the way that he just had this commanding presence when he's next to a guy like James Hetfield, who is depending on who he asks, he's the best front man of all time. Like, you know, yeah. So like, oh, yeah. yeah. You, who's better than James <laughs> Hetfield? I'm sorry. Like who, you, you, come on. Like, you know, as far as guys who sing and play guitar, like get out of here. But yeah, no, that, that's cool to hear though, that there's at least, cause like I, as, as I'm, as someone who has always been super interested in bass, but could never quite figure it out. You know what I mean? Like I have such a respect for bass players because I, I was that guy who, Oh, Oh, you need a bass player for your band. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'll join for sure. And then it's just, I made the joke earlier about root notes. That's the job done. Right? Yeah, man. Just rock that, uh, rock that low E brother. You're good. <laughs> but, yep. Yep. But that's what's so interesting about bass players in their journeys and looking at even a band like Metallica, where there's such a dynamic and different styles. And it's it's cool to really just sit down. And, you know, when I talk with bass players, it's so fun for me because like even someone like yourself, like bass players can all have such a different, unique style. And a lot of people don't pick up on it. And for me, like I mentioned earlier, you have a lot of movement, but it's not like it's not like it's overdone. Like sometimes you'll hear a song as I'm sure you pick out and it's like, okay, can you fit any more notes in this fucking like, <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Like, you know, you have just the right amount of movement where it's like, it's, it's, it's very soulful, but then it's also very heavy. So it, it, it kind of helps to drive the, the machine along of the song, so to speak. I appreciate that. That's exactly what I go for when I'm writing is like, gosh, I have so many influences that I just, I can take from like not, not only Metallica, but, uh, you know, Iron Maiden as well. You know, Steve Harris is a fantastic bass player. To me, when you think of metal bass players who have a lot of movement, so to speak, but are still tasteful with it. I mean, he's, he's gotta be in the conversation. Steve Harris is a freaking beast. So I'm not shocked to hear that you're a fan of a fan of his. Yeah, he's he's a fantastic bass player. And I had the uh I was lucky enough to see them live a nice. few years ago. Um, and man, like especially at his age, I think him and Bruce Dickinson at their ages, I can't believe, you know, how energetic and you know how much energy they have running around the stage, especially Bruce Dickinson. That guy is like the energizer bunny. He's like <laughs> running around, <laughs> jumping on things, and I'm like, man, this guy's like in his 60s, I think or late fifties, whatever it is. And he's like running around like that. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. But Steve Harris, same thing. And, you know, he just makes everything look so easy when he's playing and his parts are very clever. Um, and they're unique. 
just a great bass player. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely take influence from him. I like his use of uh, the higher registers on the bass. Yes. He's not just keeping it uh, like I've, I've heard the joke before from some blaze players where it's like, Oh, be careful not to go past that seventh fret, bro. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I played in a, I played in like a hardcore uh, band. Uh, nice. At the beginning of college, that was actually the first band I ever played with outside of high school where I played for like a high school band, but they were called monster face and I was the bass player and all the songs were in drop C. So like heavy. Anyway, going to the joke where it's like, don't go past the seventh fret, you know, um, <laughs> we used Especially to be hardcore. That, <laughs> yeah. We used to joke that like, you know, what's the point of having the other strings? Like you're only just going to play the, the thickest string anyway. <laughs> like <laughs> One string bass the whole time. Like I never even used the other ones. <laughs> oh yeah. Straight one up. string bass. That would be awesome. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll like do that one day. Just like pull out a one string bass. Like who needs the other strings? <laughs> just drop. See that shit. Call it a day. Yeah. Listen, yep. you got, you got 12 frets. You can find the note there somewhere. Come on. Let's <laughs> yeah. There's, there's enough notes yeah. for one string, you know? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, so that was a fun band, but uh, going back to influences, mm-hmm. I got to say, so I played, I played in this band. We never played any shows, but I practiced with them a whole bunch. It was a very tool inspired band. Okay. Um, called idiom. idiom. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Very, very tool vibes. And honestly, like I'm, I've always been a fan of tool, more of a casual fan there. You know, I have nothing but like respect for that band because the work they put into their albums is just like beyond imaginable. Like the, the, uh, the imagination and just like the, the musicality, just, they pretty much release masterpieces every time. So tool is amazing. But anyway, this band was very tool influenced. And basically I, I was out of my elements for a bit. And so I got more into tools music and into the songs that they were writing. So like, more odd time signature stuff and uh basically got you know versed in in that style of music and one one of the most important things i learned from uh tools bass player is having your own voice as a bassist and and uh he gosh he is like the master of that. <laughs> yeah yeah i was gonna say you he know? pretty much wrote the book on it let's be serious <laughs> absolutely yeah he like yeah, I feel like everybody in Tool is just the master at that, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they're all doing their thing, but they're also all together, and it's all, like, intricate, and just, like, everything is just woven together in, like, just, like, a masterpiece of music. And uh, Justin Chancellor is the bass player. I almost yes. forgot his name. And, yeah, Justin Chancellor is, like, the master of that. And that's something I I took, you know, with me, and I use that in my playing today because as a bass player i don't just want to be in the background and you know just be in the back playing you know whatever there's nothing wrong with that you know rhythm bass players are you know are are great but um for me i i definitely try to play as uniquely as possible you know and to try to inspire with my my writing hopefully anyway Mm -hmm. and i mean like like with what what you're mentioning for um, like for bass players who are c- kind of in the background, you don't really think about them a lot. Like, don't get me wrong, that is very very important because you've got guys 
like the bass player for Judas Priest, who I I don't know anybody who could probably tell me his name or like when you really think, don't get me wrong, talented son bitch. But when you think about Judas Priest, you know, you know, like that's, yeah. that's what you think of with respects to Mr. Ian Hill, uh, you know, right. Badass, right. badass songwriter and everything. But like, you, you don't really think of like, oh, Judas Priest. Oh man, that Ian Hill baseline, bro. It slaps. Like, you know, you don't think yeah. of that, but like, it's such a crucial part to that Judas Priest sound where you, you don't really think about it, but when it's not there, you notice and, or if they change something, you notice, you know, it's like if ACDC didn't have those driving bass lines, it wouldn't be the same, you know? Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Judas Priest, even, you know, without those driving bass lines, it, it wouldn't be the same, you know? It, yeah. Um, actually now, now that we're on the topic. Uh, so I've been, I've been uh, practicing. Uh, I'm going to be doing a cover of Chop Suey nice. with, uh, with a band called Sticks and Stones. They're out of Toronto. And uh, I think they're like fairly new. Um, I only heard about them a few months ago. Uh, Brandon Gregory from Drop Top uh, did a, uh, a cover with them a few months ago. Right. Okay. Yes. I, I wanted where I heard that name before. Okay. That's how. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I remember like looking at Brandon's story and I was like, wait a minute, that's not a drop top alibi. Like who are these guys, you know? And you know, there Brandon was playing bass and looking badass like usual. Well, I um, mean, that dude's perfected the, like the hair flip. I'm like, get out of here. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah. He's just like, I'm like, I'm jealous. Brandon. Oh, listen, you got the moves too, man. Come on. I've seen, I've seen video footage of that. You got the moves. Come on. You've perfected. I don't mean to interrupt you, but like you've perfected what I love about uh, 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 good bass players. When, when you perfect like the foot shuffle, that is stick the foot shuffle and the hair flip is like, those are prime bass moves, man. You got those down. <laughs> I appreciate it. You know, I, I try to, I try to be as, as interesting on stage as I possibly can. So <laughs> I appreciate it. But uh, yeah, so, so I was watching, you know, I saw Brandon's or the video with Brandon playing with them and I was very curious as to who they were. So I shot them a message. I was like, Hey, I'm the bass player of one in the chamber, like came across uh, you guys through Brandon Gregory and, you know, I'm down to collaborate if you want. I'm always down to collaborate with, you know, with anybody. Um, and so, yeah, we, we basically connected and uh, they were a bit busy at the time when I messaged them, but they recently got back to me and they're like, Hey, do you want to cover chop suey by system of a down? I'm like, yeah, I love system of a down. Let's do it. You know? And so I already knew how to play the song, but uh kind of relearned it uh polished it up a bit and uh probably going to be recording that uh next week but i don't even know if i'm even supposed to be talking about this if it's supposed to be a surprise sorry sticks and stones <laughs> you know, let's, let's, oh, big shout out to those guys though because i was just I, I was just looking them up because i was curious they actually just dropped the cover of silvera by gojira which is one of my favorite songs from them uh yeah so huge shout out to that i'm gonna have to check that out after this interview because <laughs> awesome yeah they're 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 these these two kids i feel old saying that but you know they're i do too it's okay 
we are old dude come on we're 30 now we're old man <laughs> oh i guess so but <laughs> but man they're like they're really talented uh the guitar player is very good you know i was watching some of their videos uh, mm-hmm. a couple of days ago uh showing my dad them actually and uh yeah like just really good players and uh i can't wait to meet them i haven't met them in person yet but uh you know looking forward to uh going in there laying down some bass tracks and um their basement looks really nice i know um yes andy Andy from revive the rose was there recently also laying down some vocals and yeah just you know he was posting some cool stuff on his story and i'm like damn they got a pool table down there and yo that's a cool basement they got a recording studio drums pool table like what else do you need right hey yo sticks and stones guys real quick you ever need someone to like play the triangle or something (laughs) you hit your boy up i'll come do it for free (laughs) i play a mean harmonica so i play a mean what what are those damn things oh woodblock yeah i play a mean woodblock i need a cowbell or anything yeah We when I get drunk, I play a good cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> the The reason I brought up those Sticks and Stones guys, totally forgot. We just went on a like, oh. <laughs> and, but I was going to talk about uh, System of a Down's bass player. Yes, and how right. He is pure a pure rhythm bass player. And I was listening to uh, his bass track on Chop Suey. And there's not much to it but it's so necessary. Like he, he just fills that space, that low end, and he does such a great job at doing it. And, you know, kudos to the rhythm bass players, honestly. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was, I was kind of tongue in cheeking earlier with the whole like Ian Hill, like, you know, I have nothing but the utmost respect for bass players who like, listen, I'm a humongous Godsmack fan and Mm. that's 99% just like yeah you know and he can do robbie merrill from godsmack is he's one of the best bass players i've ever seen live like he is just yeah what he can do is way beyond what godsmack calls for but he knows okay i gotta for five minutes you know but even like system of a down as you were saying that for chop suey i'm sitting here going like i'm like humming the bass part to myself like yeah if it wasn't there you'd be like it's missing something right for sure it's yeah it's very well thought out and and uh solid you know mm-hmm. very good very good stuff talking about influences and different bands and things of that nature you did touch on it a bit earlier but i'm just curious kind of to dive into a little bit more and kind of dissect it i guess so to speak when exactly did you join one in the chamber and how did that all come about? So I joined one in the chamber in 2015. I believe it was, uh, was it 2015? Yeah. I think it was the beginning of 2015. Um, I had, do you remember that band I mentioned that where I played drums? Yes. Um, We had basically broken up. Um, so for the, So for a few months after we had broken up, I was auditioning for other bands as a drummer at first. And uh, I got a few auditions, but nothing that really worked out. Um, And actually, funny enough, uh, what's that band called? Oh, um, there's a there's like a death metal band in the Toronto scene called. um, Oh, my gosh. 
something incarnate. Astroth incarnate or oh, something. Oh gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, they're badass. Um, I gotta look it up. This is bothering me because I've I've yeah, I've seen God, them God. pop up before. I've got a buddy in that death metal scene in Toronto, and like I I've seen them pop up. Uh ask shout outs to them. I can't remember their damn name and I can't yeah. even remember and enough I, to try I and look it up. Singer, I have their singer on Facebook and dude, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I can't remember your band name. I'm pretty sure it's Astroth Incarnate. Ash- but Ash- uh Ash- they're like they're like a hella crazy death metal band and whatever other subgenre of metal they are. They're just right. they're a great band. Um, but funny enough, they were looking for a drummer at the time when I was auditioning for bands and uh, I connected with them, but (laughs) chickened out on an audition because man, who the hell can play that shit? It's just like crazy, just craziness. And that was like above my pay grade. So I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I'm not the drummer for you. You, there are far, you know, more skilled drummers that can uh, handle this crazy metal. So (laughs) I'm going to just, you know, not waste your time here. And thank you for your time. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they were just one band. There was also a band called uh, Kame, C-A-Y-M, um, that uh, I was auditioning as a drummer for. Um, didn't work out, unfortunately. Um, but uh, they're really good. I'm still still friends with uh, their singer uh, on Facebook and, and in real life. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, because there, there was a difference. Listen, there's a there's a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's a really cool guy, and I, I've seen them play. Uh, saw them play at the Rock Pile once a few years ago, nice. um, and you know, great metal band. Um, but yeah, after all that, um, I I knew Cecil in high school, but and we talked in high school, but we weren't really like super close. Mm. And then after high school, we didn't really keep in touch very often. But uh, I heard through his brother, who is friends with my brother and myself, that Cecil was looking for a bass player for his new band because his former band uh, broke up or whatever happened. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm looking for a band to play in. So, um, you know, I'm going to hook up with Cecil and uh, and like see where it goes. So Cecil and I got together. He taught me a couple songs. Um, one of them being Bills to Pay. Uh, nice. Bills to Pay is uh, was actually like the first song, I think, one in the chamber ever worked on, um, even before we had a name for the band, um, even before I entered the band. <laughs> it, was, it was already being worked on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was a song that Cecil had written for his other band, but uh, they chose not to work on it because it was... Uh, too rock or too heavy or something for them. So I got together with Cecil, learned a couple songs and eventually went in for an audition. Uh, and there I met Mike and Jared. Yeah. That's kind of how we started. It was, uh, uh, I would say March, 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess they liked me cause I'm still in the band. Uh, I remember <laughs> like, I remember being nervous and just playing my heart out and, uh, Yeah. It was, it all worked out. So (laughs) that's where it started. And that's, what's so fun too. Like when you have played in bands, like you have, like you have obviously from what you've said, like you've had some experience playing in bands, you know? And one thing that I always find when I talk with people who have played in multiple bands is like, like they know what they want. Like as much as it's like, yes, the music has to be good, but you gotta, you gotta gel with the people. Like that's almost, I, I used to have like people say to me back when I was working at the store, like, 
kids would come in and they'd be like, oh, this is my band and everything. And we'd like shoot the shit. And I'm like, they'd be like, do you have any advice? And I'm like, okay, I got advice. Go lock yourselves in a room together and stay there for a week. <laughs> oh, that sounds horrible. That's this advice isn't for you. Like, could you, that's what I, I always say. I say the same thing about relationships. Uh, go lock yourself in a room. And if you can <laughs> stay in there and not murder each other, or at least remotely have a good time, then right on. You know, but it's like, you got to know, like you're getting into it. Like, okay. Like if you have a prior relationship with the, okay, I know this guy's at least cool. Like we got along at some point. So like, we'll probably still get along, you know, (laughs) I couldn't agree more, man. And, and the comparison to, to actual relationships is so true, dude. Yeah. (laughs) I I often say I'm in a relationship with three dudes. You know, because, you know, you're, you're talking to each other almost every day. You got to see each other. We see each other at least once a week for practice. You know, that's our date. I guess you could say, yes. <laughs> you could like call a it weekly and date, date night to, to rehearse and shoot the shit and stuff. And you basically have to like, you grow with these people, you know, the longer, mm-hmm. the longer you're together in this band, you're growing with them. You're learning about each other. And, you know, if you want to thrive as a band, you have to learn to grow together, just like how, you know, relationships flourish when, you know, both sides are growing together. And, you know, you got to learn, you got to learn to compromise and, you know, kind of throw your egos to the side, because if not, like you're going to, nothing's going to work, you know, and you're going to break up eventually because everyone wants to do their own thing. So. I need my voice heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> You're the singer, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not ironic. It's like they're the they're the first one you hear, and you know, not all singers. Are like, no, no, yeah, no, that's a generic. <laughs> that was actually uh, uh, one of my favorite bands. That was one reason why the guitar player at the time is why he left. He was always bitching. My voice needs to be heard, and they're like, "You're writing the songs." You're saying most of it. Like it's like 75% you, bro. We can't give you any more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, it, it happens, right? Like, and there's some times where, as I'm sure you've experienced in your musical journey, like you can start off in a good place and then you know, you spend a couple of days together and it's like, oh, like that guy's got a yeah. bit of an ego problem. Like, and it, it, the more you deal with like in my experience, the super ridiculously talented people are generally the coolest, which is always interesting. It's those people that are like, it's almost like they, like, I don't know if it's like an imposter syndrome type thing. In my experience, that's what I've seen where mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, you're kind of a dick, but yeah, like, I think it's because you're scared. You know what I mean? Like, it's interesting to think about that. For sure. Yeah. I think it's like, they're, probably overcompensating for not being that great mm-hmm. of a player. And, you know, it just, it is what it is. And I mean, I, I always find those kinds of players and musicians or anybody doing anything when you've got that attitude, you're not going to get very far. So I usually just don't pay any mind to those people anyway, because it's like, good luck having that attitude. <laughs> I'm just going to do yeah, my yeah. thing over here. You know, that's it, man. So, All the real true, like just, talented people like especially with what i do like 
the most talented people are always the coolest. Like, and like I've, I've spoken with some people who could have been dicks if they wanted to be. And I would have been like, I get it, but it's like, yeah. Oh, you're cool <laughs> as shit. Like, that's awesome. And then you speak with people who it's like, Hey man, you kind of suck, but I'm being nice. Uh, you know, like you reach out <laughs> to me, you know, and like, Whoa, okay. Uh, you know, and it, it sucks that when you I haven't dealt with that the last couple of years, I've been very fortunate, but like, it, it's just funny. Right. I don't even know how I got off on this topic, but my, my point is, is that, you know, <laughs> when you're, when you're dealing with bands, it's like a relationship and, like you were saying, as you grow, like sometimes you might need to learn how to put each other's egos in check if you do come across that. And but then also how to respect, respect the song and know that, OK, hey, it's like, listen, Christian, man. Yeah, this bass solo is really cool. And we appreciate the fact that you want to play a 20 minute bass solo. But like, <laughs> does the song need it? Like, that's saying that you would do that. But like, <laughs> yeah, no, I listen, so would no. I want to hear that now. So we got to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Bass solo, you know, coming right up. Uh, I'll have to, have to work on uh, some cool, like overture bass overture, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, man, I agree. And I think those nice people, they attract other nice people, you know, mm. and the people who have attitudes, they, they're, usually just like alone somewhere you know and that's why we've got such a great community in in ontario yes and i guess more specifically you know toronto and the gta but it's because like we're all just great and trying to support each other and that's how the music scene grows and that's just how you go about life you know you just got to yeah. be kind and just be cool don't be a dick you know just be cool it's so it is so much easier to just be nice to everybody than to like just be a dick. Like I tried it for one day once. I was like, I'm going to be like kind of rude to everybody today. And I got like an hour into my day and I was like, I'm drained. Like I can't, I just don't understand it. Like, how can you not just go up to a drive through? Hey, how are you today? Uh, like, I don't get it. Like I could just, I need a uh, large coffee. I was like, Hey man, like we're all people. <laughs> we're all people moving in the same direction. Let's all just relax and all be friends. And it, it just makes things a lot easier. And you see that in the scene, you know, it, it, I call it the Ontario scene just because there's, or bands that know Kalen because it's just like easier to group. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Six degrees of Kalen or whatever the hell, but like, it, it, it's so funny to me because like, you know, like I was mentioning here before we started, like when I had Brandon Gregory from drop top alibi on it, like kind of opened the door a little bit into then he was like, Oh dude, you got to talk to to this band and this band and this band and this band. And like, it's so cool because it's like, Oh man, like you can tell it's genuine too, you know? And that it's cool for someone like me as a fan looking in like, Oh, like all these guys are cool. And I have someone on an interview and off air. They're like, Oh dude, like, man, like Andy's such a fucking gem. Like, oh my God, like everyone loves him. And like, you know, oh, dude, no, like, like Mike and you know, dude, like, oh, like everyone's just has such wonderful things to say about everybody. And it's just like, this is so cool, man. And that's, that's what it should be. It should be everybody lifting everyone up. Right. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And speaking of Andy, I was, uh, actually had a really nice, uh, uh, messenger conversation, uh, with Andy the other night. And, um, He's a great guy. I actually still have not met him in person. 
Okay. Well, I mean, that makes two of us, but yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. I mean, he's so far away. Like, man, like <laughs> he's in Welland. Although, like who lives in Welland except for my sister, bro? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I guess that's where it's at. Cause you know, revive the roses straight up partying, mm. partying down there. You know, there's a big party going on down there with them, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I had a great conversation with Andy and he's just such a cool guy. I'll, honestly, everybody in, I guess the bands that we're talking about, you know, Drop Top Alibi, Jailbirds, Revive the Rose, uh, Dirty Rick as well. Yes. You know, I'm just naming the bands uh, that <laughs> Kalen had for Halloween Rock. Thieves. Listen, just just like <laughs> the six degrees of Kalen, <clears throat> we're just going to I think we made yeah. a joke like, oh, you guys know Kalen? Like, yeah, like it's just easier now to just like one day when I meet like Kiss, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, you guys know Kalen. Like, yeah, like you know, it's just it's yeah, so everybody knows Kalen. <laughs> Yeah, dude. And yeah, there's so many bands to name off. Like I can't even name all of the amazing yeah. talent, you know, there's like, we, the crooked is great. The read effects, like they're all, they're all just great. It's also a band out of uh, Windsor called Exomerta who uh, we played with them in Toronto in I think 2018. And they are killer, killer three piece band. Like Awesome. Shout out to those guys. Hope to play with them again, actually. Uh, they're great. But yeah, so much talent. Like, honestly, what a time to be alive, you know? Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're in this this community and we're thriving, you know? This is it's a great thing. It is, man. And I mean, like, it makes me so happy and excited for the future because, like, yes, we're in this weird climate right now that we're dealing with and shows are kind of like there's a lot of uncertainties but it's like listen when the gates open back up fully it is gonna be like i don't even like i'm not i don't know if i'm ready for it because it is gonna be just like one giant party for like a year (laughs) like every band is gonna play every week like it's gonna be it's like you're not gonna be able to turn around without bumping into a badass show like i cannot wait for because it's just it's gonna be great and i i'm so excited for bands like you guys who are you know i don't like to say the c word because it can kind of mess up podcast stuff apparently but like oh i didn't know that yeah, I just learned this like a couple of days ago. But anyway, uh, <laughs> apparently, if you say the word, you get flagged. Or I don't know. Anyway. Oh, okay. Thanks, Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> so, like, we, um, you know, I, I see these bands that you you can't help but almost be like, oh, damn, like, you know, like I saw you guys do a lot in 2020, which was awesome. But it's like, man, like I'm sure it would have been great. Obviously, it goes without saying to be able to go out and you know really capitalize on the momentum and. I think that like, it's still there. It's just almost like it was kind of put on hold. So when it's almost like you're, you're, it's like one of those like wind up race cars we had when we were kids, you know, little hot wheels, you hold that thing back. And eventually that thing is going to go and it's just going to be like, it's going to be insane. And I, for one, can't wait. I just don't know if my liver's prepared because it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous. We're all going to be, listen, we're all going to go to Welland. We're going to have a big, we're going to go to bar down fest is going to be probably the happening spot. And we're all just yep. going to get drunk on bar down lager and just have a good time. <laughs> I, can't, I really can't wait for, for that time when things open up again and all the bands are just going to be doing their thing, playing shows and the combination of, of like bands playing together is just very exciting to me as well. You know, like it's just super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait for it. Yeah, man. I, it's I, funny I you mentioned, mm-hmm. 
it's funny you mentioned uh in 2020 man we tried so hard to and i think we did a pretty good job at but man like we were planning on releasing an ep uh in the summer of 2020 that we still haven't released yet uh, just waiting out you know when the right time will come and we didn't want to release it without playing a show as well which would be like ideal but you know we released blow and then pandemic and uh it was unfortunate but we were also fortunate to be sitting on previously recorded music mm-hmm. having recorded earlier um or later late 2019 um or early 2020 <laughs> but uh we were lucky to have music that we could put out and we filmed blow in i believe it was february of 2020 we put that out and uh fortunately it turned out to be our biggest uh biggest release so far which was very cool thank you to everybody who who's listened to it and streamed you know we love you guys you know we were sort of waiting out waiting it out in 2020 and you know we released to the gallows later in the year because we were like okay we're you know we got to release something like nothing's changing in this pandemic so we gotta keep it going so put out the to the gallows music video where we originally weren't going to film a video for that song but uh you know it turned out really well i think i think it was a cool song to put out there regardless and yeah you know 2021 didn't release anything in 2021 but we were fortunate actually to to play a few shows at the end of the year in august we played voodoo rock fest which was was really fun played at cherry colas in toronto uh, played it played at the hard hard luck bar in toronto And, you know, we had a good run at the end of the year and then things started like shutting down again at the beginning of, at the end of last year and beginning of this year. And, you know, here we are now, but yeah, you just, you know, I think we adapted fairly well and I'm happy with where we're at now, you know, but I just, I can't wait for things to open up. Like, let's get to move on guys. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm there with you too, for different reasons, obviously, but yeah, it's like, I'm ready to, I, I, I want to see, you know, bands like you who are like like you like you're kind of like what are we look can we can we go can we like we got <laughs> shit to do we got we got lives to change like let's get her done let's go like come on like let's get playing shows like you know there's i i, I wanna i wanna believe we're getting there i want to believe that the light is at the end of the tunnel you know depending on who you believe <laughs> so i'm like okay like and i'm just i'm telling you man like there's there's going to be this, this like renaissance in the music industry that I think is going to just, and I, and I really, really hope I'm right. I'm just, obviously I'm just a music fan podcaster, but like, I want to believe because there's so much talent that's just firing on all cylinders, like got bands like you who are just like, let's go, like, let's go and kick some ass, you know, like especially with live shows. Like if there was a bunch of bands that couldn't play live, when you get the opportunity, it's just, you're going to, you're going to just blow the doors off it. So I, I can't wait for it either. Personally, man, I'm, I'm really excited for when that day comes. I appreciate it. And I hope you're right too. You know, I hope there's this wave of, of shit. <laughs> Once everything opens up, just, yeah, just get ready for this wave of talent and excitement. You know, it's going to be like the, uh, the, what is it? The, the twenties or whatever. The roaring twenties. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the big party after the, the depression or whatever it was well yeah something of that nature i was I never know. good at history yeah <laughs> i'm not much of a history guy a very selective history of yes yeah like yep. that's it yeah like i think 
what was it? Was that one joke? It was like the raw, the roaring twenties or some shit. Like it's like emo, yeah. roar, but it's the roaring twenties. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, I, I think, I think we're getting there, you know, with, with bands like, like you guys getting ready to kind of leave the charge, so to speak, like I can't wait for it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. And, you know, I, I, I can't wait for the day that I'm able to see you do the, do the shuffle and hair flip live in person, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be excited for it. <laughs> awesome, man. I, I can't wait for that too. For sure, brother. Well, as we get ready to wrap it up, man, thank you so much for the time and for coming on. It's been just a pleasure chatting with you. It's kind of a staple question I always like to ask here on the show, and, and I'm excited to hear your response given your, your history. Give me either your favorite show that you've ever played or the worst show experience you ever had or you can give me both it's up to you okay <laughs> well right off the bat i've got the worst show experience we were playing at the hard luck bar i can't remember what year it was maybe 2017 and we were opening up for this band called the marrows and <laughs> basically like i feel like it was in the middle of the week or something it was also winter and nobody came out Oof. it was like the marrows had a couple people i think um but we basically played to Mike's uh, girlfriend at the time, now wife, and Cecil's ex-girlfriend or something. Like, played to two people, two or three people. Oh, no. And because, you know, we didn't have anyone to play for. Well, you know, Miranda, you are someone. Thank you for coming out. <laughs> but uh, it was just the vibe wasn't there. And we were yeah. we were pretty awful that night. And luckily, nobody was there to see us play that show because... It wasn't great. And then, you know, <laughs> that was just not good. After the show, Mike and Cecil kind of drank their sorrows away. And uh, we're just like, well, let's forget about this one. <laughs> As for favorite show, I got to say The Hideout in Toronto, which rest in peace, they had to close down because of the yes. pandemic. But uh, The Hideout was probably my favorite venue to play at. Um, I loved the vibe. I loved the just the whole atmosphere and the venue itself was really nice. Um, the owners were really cool. Um, they hosted uh, that contest called the bout, which you may have heard of. Right. Yes. I've heard the name. Um, yeah. And just like class acts, you know, they treated the bands. Well, it was a great venue. And I don't know if I can pick out a particular show. Uh, the last show we played there was actually for the bout in 2020 uh, February 1st, 2020, I believe. And that was arguably one of our best shows, I would say, that we performed. So I would say maybe that one's probably my favorite. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So that's so, it, man. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. So thanks. Thanks a lot for having me on, man. Um, it's a pleasure to finally meet you and uh, looking forward to, you know, future podcasts if you'll have me. Oh, definitely, man. Yeah, no, this has been a lot of fun and thank you, man. Like it's, it's great getting to, to link up with you and I'm glad we were able to, to, to finally have a chat and I'm excited for the future. I'm excited to see what you guys do. Please keep me in the loop on everything because you know, if that EP drops anytime soon, you're gonna have to come back on and we're gonna have to chat about it. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, got some, we've got some exciting things coming up this year. So yeah, well, definitely you'll, you'll definitely know. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Now real quick before we go, if you want to yep. uh, give a plug to all the social medias of where people can find one in the chamber and yourself. Yeah, sure. So uh, one in the chamber, um, you search up OITC band on 
all social media platforms. Uh, our website is the same name. You'll find us. So OITC Band. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, actually. I I sometimes forget we're on TikTok, but uh, <laughs> we're on there. YouTube, we got music videos. We have our website. You know, we got an online store if you guys want to check out what merch we've got. Got some cool things. Yep. Very easy to uh, to uh, connect with. So yeah, OITC Band. Uh, yep. Find us on all platforms. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so very much, Chris, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, TJ. All right, guys, there you have it. My chat with Christian from One in the Chamber. I hope that you guys enjoy that chat as much as I did. Had a great time getting to record with him. Big shout out to Christian for being such a fantastic guest. And a huge shout out to you for listening. Thank you so very much. It really means the world to me. I cannot express how much I appreciate all of your guys' support. Be sure to go check out One in the Chamber on all the social medias. I'll have a link down below in the description of this podcast because they definitely deserve your support. And while you're there, if you want to drop a uh, a follow and a like for your boy, I am, of course, on all these social medias at The Hotter Show. All one word, The Hotter Show, H-O-D-D-E-R. Go ahead and uh, leave me a follow if you so choose. I very much appreciate it. And if you are maybe looking for more ways to help support this podcast, you can go ahead and leave a rating on either Spotify or Apple Music or on the podcatcher of your choice. Ratings help this show grow, especially those five-star ratings. Helps the show climb the charts so more people can discover great bands like One in the Chamber, as well as lots of fantastic creators people like Jason Wilson from The Grey Rooms and any other fun people that I have on or maybe get to discover new music whenever I do a, a you know one of the uh, the albums that made me segments or things of that nature. I like to do a lot of different things here on the show. I like to keep things fresh and interesting so you never really truly know what you're going to get and that's how I like it. I like to keep you guys entertained and I like to keep you guys guessing who's coming on next. What's going on next? He's having on a, a horror author? Wow, that's crazy. Oh, he's, he's, he's doing a segment about whether or not Limb Biscuit's new record is good or not. Like what? Like what? Like who would have seen that coming? You know, we have fun here. And if you would like to maybe take it a step further to support the show, consider checking out the Hotter Show Patreon to become a part of my exclusive Patreon community. Go on patreon.com forward slash the harder show and find a tier that is right for you. Regardless of what tier you join, you will get a shout out on every single episode of the show. Just like my boy, Mr. Scotty D longtime friend of mine and a patron Scott. I appreciate your support, man. Thank you so very much. You know how much I love you. You're, you're a dear friend of mine and have been for many, many years. And my man, Will from Rolls Royce. Will has been a big sport of the show for a very long time. And Will, thank you so very much for being a patron, man. You know how much I appreciate and how much I love Rolls Royce. If you would like to check out Rolls Royce, you can do so. They're a badass punk rock band. That's Rolls Royce. That is R-A-W-L-S-R-O-Y-C-E. Go check them out. Their EP and so on is still one of my favorites, as well as uh, Lerald, which was uh, released not too, too long ago. And I did actually have Will on the show. He's been on a few times. So, uh, you know, go check that out because he deserves your support. And I thank you guys so much for still sticking with me for the outro here. 
Check out the Patreon if you want to get a little shout out like that every episode and uh, special behind the scenes content. Once I hit my goal of $40 a month, I am going to start an exclusive Patreon podcast as well as a ton of other stuff I have planned, but we got to hit that goal. Once I hit that $40 a month, there's an immediate upgrade that I can make to the actual editing process of the show, which is going to allow me to not only make the show better sound quality wise, but it's going to open up a whole new world of possibilities for me with doing other stuff. I'll be able to edit faster and more fluidly. So I'll be able to have more time to put into the show to then do things like a Patreon podcast. So keep that in mind, patreon.com forward slash the hotter show. Either way, thank you so very much for listening. You do not need to become a patron to keep getting great entertainment like this interview that you just heard here today. Keep it tuned. We got a lot more fun stuff coming this year. 2022 is going to be our year, folks. We're going to make this year a bitch. Let's go get it. Thank you so very much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on The Harder Show. Take it easy, guys.